Even get water. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. How many people in the last month have downloaded music? Oh, there's one, there's one, there's one. Okay. Well, it has been, um, they have been saying, <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> there has been, um, I was listening to something the other day, and it said that there is more people downloading music now than there ever has been people buying music. And I don't necessarily think that, I don't know that's necessarily true when, uh, Back in the day when I was a kid, when I heard music on the radio, you were lucky enough, you were, you were afraid or you wanted, all of a sudden you, you prayed that the DJ would say the name of the song on the radio. <laughs> because if not, you had to go to those, uh, those radio, those music gods in the radio station. And you had to, um, back in the day, you had to you go to them and you'd go, you'd have to hum the song to them. And the amazing thing was about these people is these people, you could hum, you could walk into these, radio, the, these record places and say, this is a song I just heard on the radio, or I heard it two days on the radio. And you'd go, and they'd go, Bruce Springsteen. And these guys were like, now there is something else that, that freaks me out and is my kids, I asked Nate the other day about a song. And I said, Nate, do you know this song? And he just turned on his phone. And he goes, yeah, Dad, this is the name of the song. And now I understand that this, this thing is, this app he has, actually, it, it actually knows every song that ever was. In fact, if you open it and there's a song playing on the TV, it'll even tell you the TV station now that just freaks me out. I don't, I know that back in the day it was so much harder. And I, when I well, when I say back in the day, okay, if you have gray, you know back in the day, right? Right? Okay, good. I, at least I'm not sending out there. And I want to, I've got, um, uh, in fact, speaking back in the day, I've got some pictures. I want to see. Anyone under the age of 30 probably won't recognize this at all. Can I have you guys bring up one of the pictures? Does anyone, anyone under 30, you guys know what this is? You guys know what it is? Oh, okay. Cool, weren't they? If you, if you had shag carpeting in your van and one of these, there was nothing better than this, was there? Okay. Give me another one, if you would. How about this? Child safety first. Your kids were safe <laughs> back in the day. Okay, one more. I think we have one more. Okay. How many people remember this? Back in the day, bread was everything, wasn't it? Sandwich, hamburger, hot dog, garlic bread. You could make a sandwich with just butter and cinnamon. Who ate one of those sandwiches? There we go, okay, okay, and do we have another one? Who remembers this? Girls? Okay, okay, and how many people, the thing also is sometimes my kids sit in front of the microwave, okay, 
When I was back in the day, a chicken pot pie would take 50 minutes to cook. You remember that? And you'd look at that thing and you'd just look at it when you'd watch it bubbling and you weren't sure it was done. Now, it takes seven minutes to cook a pot pie. And you stand in front of the, we stand in front of the microwave and go, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And I have, okay, this is a question. Anyone under the age of 30, can they, do they remember or know what this is? You remember? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They're all Dutch brothers now. In the 80s, there was over 4,000 of these you that aren't from back in the day, okay? But we used to, we used to take our film, we would take it there, we could go back the next day and pick up our film, okay? And then we would send those Christmas pictures that we took to our kids' grandparents when they graduated from high school, okay? Year, I mean, it seemed like we never got the pictures on time. I remember, I remember pictures coming to my grandma, sending pictures to my grandmother that were like three and four years old, okay? Um, we are so technology, we are so tech, technological advanced that uh, I don't grasp it real well. I, uh, people make fun of me because I'm not on all the social medias and I, I don't want to use these things. But, and, I, and I don't want to say is, um, back, well, back further away, when they were writing the scriptures in the Bible and stuff, they, used, they didn't have technology like we do today. And so back then, they, the metaphors they used were always agriculture because that's what everything was about. There really wasn't a lot of, there wasn't, in fact, agriculture that back then probably was pretty technologically advanced for them probably. The way they did the fields and everything else. And so in the next few minutes, I want to, the next few minutes I want, I want to talk to you guys um, about 2020. And I want to talk to you about receiving everything God has for you and your family and your life. With this in mind, when we talk about agriculture, when you sow a seed over time, you will get more than you put into it. If uh, a couple, three weeks ago I preached, and I don't know if everyone was here, who was here, whatever. But if you didn't get the message, I, this is kind of a continuation. And let me explain how it actually came about. Is, uh, or actually, the message I taught was in 2 Kings. It was about this woman that had it really, really, really bad. She was single. She had it really bad. And uh, she actually got very honest about where she was at. She went behind closed doors, borrowed a bunch of containers, and God gave her exactly what she prepared for. God will bless you everything you prepare for. I prophetically said that in 2000, last week, or three weeks ago, I said that 2020 will be the year that you receive more than you ask for, and you can imagine. 
But this is the time now we need to start preparing. God wants us to put every vessel we have out, every area of our life out. He wants us to put our marriage and our family and our finances, businesses that we don't have yet. He wants us to put our character. He wants us to put houses that we don't have yet out there. 2020 will be the best year of my life and yours because this will be the best, best spiritual time that I have in 2020. If you start preparing for everything for next year, now for next year, everything changes. Um, after I preached a sermon three weeks ago, I had several people come to me after service and, and over the, the next week and so, and two men actually came to me at the time separate of each other and both of them came to me and asked me said that they were going to start preparing for things in their life that they were going to start preparing for things that that they couldn't imagine for and they asked if I would be accountable if they could be accountable to me for that they said this is what I want this is where I'm at right now this is where I want to be and and this is what I'm believing for and they started preparing for it I also had other people, I also had two other people that came to me. And they told me, oh, Pastor Matt, I know what you preached, but you've just, my heart is so many people over the last four or five years have said, oh, this is going to be an incredible year. This was going to be a year that everything was going to change for me. And, and my life hasn't got any different in the last five years. And I think that's a lot because we're so used to technology that we want to spend two weeks working really hard on something and, and something that we took 10 years to mess up. And they think that, and, and so they, they put in it, they try for two weeks, they get at the end of it, and they, and they realize, oh, I call it two-week faith, because not because it's two weeks, because it's only, they take about two weeks spending on it, okay? The other problem is, is that we don't expect what God is going to do for us. So we don't expect he's going to do a lot for us, so we, we, he only gives us a little bit, or he gives us a little bit more than that. God is going to bless what we prepare for in 2020. First thing we need to do, though, is prepare our hearts, because God is going to give us things. Last week, I went to Home Depot. And when I was at Home Depot, I was preparing, picking up some things I needed. And, and I walked in, and I, I got to the gardening department. And I started, it's, it's 9 o'clock. They close at 10. So I go back, and I find it. Oh, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for a rock. And I get the guy, and he says, oh, I can help you. And he can see he's bored. He just wants to just talk and talk and talk. So I start talking. I told him, yeah, I'm going to do a message, you know. And he goes, oh, I said, you know, let me know about seeds. Let me know about growing things. Let me know about planting things. You got a few minutes? He goes, oh, I got an hour, man. As long as I'm talking to someone, my boss doesn't care what I do. Well, so I didn't realize that that was going to turn into truly an hour. My wife calls and goes, where the heck are you? And I go, um, I'm here at Home Depot. Aren't they closed? Uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. Well, this guy starts telling me, and the minute this guy, he, he, he was kind of like a, a gardening nerd, kind of like I'm a tire nerd, 
okay? And he starts going in, but one of the things he kept explaining to me was, was several things, but one of the things he pointed is, is that how important the ground is that a seed is planted in above anything. And he says, he would go over and over. He'd, go, he'd tell me about seeds. He'd tell me about good seeds and bad seeds and seeds that they grow with nothing. And he'd tell me about all these things. And then, um, and then he's going to come back again. He says, yeah, but man, you got to make sure that, that soil, that ground is, is good. you got to make sure it's clean. you got to make sure this stuff. And it says, it made me think, God is going to be planting stuff in our lives in the next year. 2020 as Christians is our year. The question isn't if we're going, if God's going to plant a seed next year or where. The, the question is, is our heart going to be able to handle the seed that he plants next year? Today, I want to talk to you about being able to receive everything that God has for us. Um, I've got, uh, there's a survey I saw a while back, and um, it has 525 churches that they surveyed, okay? Over 180,000 Christians in church they surveyed. And they say that there is four types of people in the church today. Four types. And that would mean that everyone in this room, you're in church, you are one of these four people right up here. Exploring God, beginning in God, close to God, and God-centered. The reason when I, when I saw this survey and I heard it, the reason I knew it was true is because I've been at several of these myself. I was able to, listen, to, to hear this and go, wow, I've been there, I've been there, and I've been there. Now, I was raised in church, so I don't remember there being a time that I was exploring God. I, I woke up, my ear was pulled on at, at 7 a.m., my mother was a bus pastor, and I was ripped out the door by my ear. So I don't ever remember my life ever not being there or being a God in it, ever. Sometimes I, I didn't always want to know that God was there, I was doing something good, but, but I never grew up and never had a way. So, but these three other ones, I'm telling you, I, I've lived them. I know they are. I, I've been in every one of these stages and, and, and then back at one and back to another in my life. And so the first one I talked to you about is, is about exploring God. These are people that just come to church and they do not have a relationship with God. These are people that go to church, that come to church because they've hit something in their life. They have questions. They need something more. They're not really sure if there's a God, but they're in church. These are people that, that believe that there is a God. But they're usually these people that believe that everyone goes to heaven. They're really, really, they're great people. But, and in fact, if we have any people exploring God in the church, they're important. We love you. We want you to be here. But these people here, how many people have gone into a hotel, like my wife and I, 
When we, the first 10 years we got married, we always took a vacation and she let me plan it. And usually what I do is I'd flip a, mag, a, a travel magazine, open to the back, find the tiniest little ad for a vacation spot, and I'd say, honey, we're going here. Okay? Now, so, and this is true. We would fly there. I always made sure that it was somewhere near an ocean so at least we could have some type of good time. But, but I would go there and we'd walk in sometimes and it was, it was exploring. We'd look and go, wow, okay, you know, but exploring is all we did. I mean, that's a lot of what we did. Yes, there were several times. Um, then the next group of people is, now remember, the next group of people is beginning in God. The difference between these two is, is that they go from exploring God to getting saved and having a relationship with God. These people here are saved. We don't, we're not talking heaven or hell. Those people are saved. They're going to heaven. The only problem is, is where when I was here, and I, and I ask you guys tonight as I'm speaking here, I'm saying this is me. But as I'm talking along tonight, I'd like you guys to look at one of these things as I go through them and try to find yourself or try to think of where you were at some point in time in your life, okay? The thing with beginning in God, and you may even know of someone, and don't nudge the person next to you if I happen. Don't hit the person next to you and give them a high five or something. But this one here, beginning in God, they usually, they usually take three steps forward in their lives and then two steps back, and then three steps forward, and two steps back. People beginning in God don't usually have a devotion life. They're one of those people that, that hear these one memory verses, or these they have 10 memory verses that they love, and they write them down, and they post them all the time on Facebook, or they always tell someone. But these are the people that, that, that uh, they desire to have a relationship with God. But they haven't taken God's word and made it the final authority in their life. This here, beginning God, has nothing to do with how long you go to church or how long you've been going to church. There is pastors out there nowadays who are beginning in God in some religions, okay? Um, when I say pastors, some, pa- some people develop a relationship with God but haven't gone fur- far enough in their relationship with God that they stop flirting with sin. And, and this is the hardest part is with this, when I was there, and when I think everyone in this room at some point in time was probably there, is this is a trap that the devil gives you, okay? This is the easiest place to be, okay? Because you, you make up all these excuses, and, it's, it, and, the, and the excuses are just okay. There is people that have gone to church for 50 years, and I know that there's some religions of people that I've talked to in the last couple of weeks that are here. 50 years going to church, okay? And then, and if, if, by any chance, there's anyone here that's in this space, Faith Builders is a church to go to, okay? Because we equip people, okay? That is what we do. 
So, so there's nothing wrong with being here. The next one is close to God. These are people here who have decided to become disciples. They have a devotion life. They read the Bible. They study the Bible. They've decided in their walk to go to another level. Now, none of these, they're not perfect by any means, but, but no one, none of these four groups where I was, or the, the three that I was, is. They just made the decision to stay charged up. They're going to stay prayed up. They're going to read their Bible. They're going to submit to authority in the church. And they're going to try to live according to God's will. And then we come to the last one, God-centered. Now, when you make this jump from this jump to this jump, the difference between these two jump here for these two groups of people is how you go from here to here is when you get the revelation of giving. This is how you go from here to here. There are lots of people that won't give of their money, won't give of their time. They won't give of their energy. They, they sit here and they, and they, because listen, 20 years ago, I was here at a point in time in my life where I thought that everything I did was great. And I remember last week or three weeks ago, I told you guys, I hated tithing. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely hated it. I went to church. I helped in a, in a, in a children's ministry. I did all kinds of things. We donated our time. We went all kinds of things. We did all kinds of things, but, but I couldn't stand tithing. And now I realize that I was here. The difference between here and here is when you get the revelation is my life changed from being close to God to God-centered when I got the revelation of giving. When I, when I, when I stopped thinking that well, I don't want to give my money because, see, I make 20 bucks an hour and I'm helping at the church for five hours a day, so I'm giving, or a weekend, so that's $100. Because well, that's, that's what I thought at one point in time. I thought every time I, my toes cringed, my body, I could not stand the thought of tithing. But this is what the difference is between this one and this one is. Okay. Um. I want to see if we can, uh, I want to go through a, a rather lengthy memory verse. And when I do, I'm going to, re- I'll read it to you guys. As I do, I want to see if you guys can, can go through this with me. And I'm going to, it's Mark 4, and I'll read it to you. It says, and again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on land facing the sea. Now, how cool is that? You got Jesus is on a boat with his disciples. He's, he's preaching to these people on the thing. And, and I don't know how you do this, but I have a microphone in my hand and there's no wilderness going on where we're at right now. So that has got to be the coolest thing to, for you to preach and everything calm so that Thousands or hundreds of people can hear you preach. And you're on the water. A boat's moving and rocking and everything else. And it says, Then he taught them thing, many things by parables, and he said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds 
of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprung up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and then yielded no crop. But the other seeds fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30, 60, and 100-fold. This is where 2020 is for us Christians. Okay? This is where it is. And he said to them, he who hears, or he, he, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then um, the next one says, the next one says, but when he was alone, those around him with him, 12, asked him about the parable. Now, I got a question for you. I'm one of these really visual guys, as you could tell. I have more stuff up here than the last 10 times most pastors preach, but I'm really visual. I can imagine you got 12 guys that have walked for Jesus at a certain point in time at this point in time in their lives. They just listened to him preach. Everything was quiet. They've seen him raise people from the dead. They do all this, and he preaches, and then who do you think, which one of the disciples is going to have to go to him and say, uh, yeah, that was really good, Jesus. Man, we loved it, you know, but uh, uh, we didn't really understand that, you know. Uh, I don't know, um, you know, you need to explain it to us a little better. And he said to them, do not understand. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? then how will you understand all the parables? Now, this is all about reaping, planting, planting seed, sowing, reaping, all of this. And here it says, this is so important that Jesus said to them that if, if you don't understand my parable, this parable that I just said, you're not going to understand anything. Okay? The next thing is a sower sows the word. He is explaining that a farmer is going to be sowing seed. Seed, the seed is the word of God. There is going to be seed spreading your lives in 2020. Lots of seed, okay? The seed, God is going to speak words into your life, all of your lives. He is going to speak things about your future. He's going to speak things about your husband, your wife, your kids, your job, your finances, your business. He is going to start sowing seed. The most incredible thing, when I was talking to this Home Depot guy, the most incredible thing that I got from him is that every seed inside of it, every seed, has the innate ability to reproduce. Every seed. You don't have to do anything to it. It's already there. Okay? God is, God is not going to be throwing anything out at any of us that he does not expect to multiply. He is going to multiply everything, our finances, our family. We just need to put the vessels out, okay? Um, this, is what, this is how he responds to me. He says, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When the word, when the word they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. We need to protect our hearts. 
God is going to start, God is going to start sowing seed. And the problem with us in the next, the next year and a half is not going to be that he's sowing seed. Is the problem is we need to make sure that our relationship is good. When this over here, let me explain. I got some seed here. Now, I'm a children's pastor, so everything is visual to me, okay? So, <laughs> you can use this. This here is, let me get these where I throw them. Hang on just a second. Not that many of them. Okay. Um, this is exploring God when he's talking about, and these ones, they fall to the wayside. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that is sown in their hearts. This is what it is. They have a hard heart. Remember, these are people, they're just exploring God. They don't have a relationship with God. So when, when he drops their seed on them, it doesn't go. Nothing happens with it. And in fact, Satan comes and picks it up and something happens and they steal it. Remember, these are good people, really good people. These are the kind of people that when they come to church, they shut down. They, they don't understand praise and worship. But God's sowing seeds and they, and they go up and they have problems happen in their life because maybe they come here looking for it. And these are people that actually come to church and say, oh man, one week and he was talking to me. But the seed, the seed doesn't sink in. Pastor Barb, Pastor Paul is sitting here praying and preaching and preaching and preaching. And the seed just doesn't take soil. There's no soil for it to take. And then next one says, 16 says, These likewise are the ones that are sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. So these are the people that have a relationship with God that receive the word, but watch this. But they do, they do not have any roots, so they endure, and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Remember I said this is the one that usually in our lives will take, we, at some point we'll feel like we take three steps forward and two back. When this one here, when it starts sowing seed, when this one here, when it starts sowing seed, this one here, the seed just falls to the top. It can't sink to the bottom. Remember, this is the one here who has not made God's word the final authority of their life. This is the one here that's got so much other stuff going in their life that they didn't make room, they didn't prepare. These are the ones that that didn't make room. They have, they have all this stuff, maybe Twitter, they're breaking up with their boyfriend, their job, all this stuff, and, and they don't have room, and they didn't prepare, they didn't make the room for the seed to get planted where it needed to, okay? It says, um, verse 18, now these are the ones among the thorns. They're the ones who hear the word, and carries and carries and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for those other things entered in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Well, when we pour seeds in this one here, what happens to it? There's soil here, good, good soil, but only a few of the seeds get planted. Because the thorns, the things of this world, grab the seed. The things of this world stop it from going into the soil. Stop it from, they choke it. And even when it starts to grow up, the seeds get choked. You start, 
And, it, and the point is, at this point in time in your life, sometimes, remember, you're close to God. You have a devotion life. You're, you're completely, you, you think you, you are, think you're, in fact, most of the time, lots of times you can be pillars in the community. You're, you're, you're doing some incredible things. But, but the scary part about this one is, is that lots of times you start looking at other things and you start wondering why, well, you know, I, I have a better life. I have a better job. Why don't I have things like this next guy? And lots of times at this point in time, because I know I was there, at this point in time, envy rose up. Envy starts to grow up and you start to look, well, you know, I, I read my Bible. I go to church every Sunday. I help in these ministries. And, and all of a sudden you wonder, all of a sudden you start to wonder that, hey, you know, why don't I have what he has? Why don't, why, you know, wh- how did he get married? You know, I'm better looking than he is, or she's better looking than he is. You, you, aren't, you wonder these things. And it says, um, the next thing you can wonder is, the scary part about this is you, at this point in time in your life, you're thinking that you have it all figured out. You don't realize that you don't, you don't know what you don't know. You don't realize that the connection to being God-centered, good soil, good ground, this is where, this is where in this area over here, this is where the incredible, incredible things happen. This is where we want to be. This is where we want to be in 2020. Now, over here, God-centered. When we, when we put soil on this, when we put soil on this, the ground takes every bit of it, every bit of it. And the scary thing is, is when we, when I was talking to this guy at Home Depot, he was telling me that there are some seeds out there that, that grow anywhere. And I said, grow anywhere? He goes, oh yeah, you can drop them anywhere. And they'll grow and they'll attach and they'll dig. He says, the worst one is a watermelon seed. Who's ever spit a watermelon seed in their grass? You don't have to plant it. You don't have to do anything. And, and a month later, all of a sudden, you have a weed. And so at this point in time, when you're God-centered, all of us pastors, elders, everyone in this church has been at one of these places at some point in time in our life. The problem is, is that even when we're over here at God-centered, we don't sit back. God puts another conviction on our heart, and we gives us something else to think of and something where else to go. And, and another conviction was, hey, man, this is, this is important to me. You know, I, I have someone that I'm accountable to. I have someone that I go to and I say, hey, keep me in line. When I'm in line, I give him permission to say something to me. He speaks in my life when I'm out. And, and I think all of us, if we need to be at this point in time of our lives with what's happening in the next 12 months is this is our time. This is where the next 18 months, we are not going to be where we're, where we're at now if we prepare. We're not going to be. It says here, but these are the ones that are sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30, 60 some 100. This is what 2020 has for us, okay? And now the problem is, is that 
sometimes when I was here, I would look at my life and I'd think that that was too far away. And some, one, of the per, one of the people that came to me a couple, sun, couple weeks ago came to me and said, you know, my life is always like this. And, and to be honest with you, I, I can't be like you guys. I don't have the faith that all you guys have. And blah, 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 and just, we just went on to me. And the problem with something like this is that they think the distance from here to there Religion has taught them, oh, it might take five years. It might take six months. It might, to go from here to here, it might take me here. If you're asking me if you can go from here to here in five days, absolutely you can. Anything is possible. The difference from here to here to here isn't going to take you five days, five months, five years. It's not going to take that. All you have to do is prepare. Prepare your heart. God is going to be passing something out in the next, 20, the next 18 months. Our heart has to be good for it, has to be ready to accept it. And, um, and this is going to be a way, a way to, um, what we need to do is protect our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You can be at any one of these stages and the devil is going to want to throw a seed in your life too. And his seed, you get to a point in time in your life where, where you think, oh, I can handle this, I can handle things, so I'll turn on t- something on TV that I'm not supposed to be watching, that I shouldn't watch my wife's at home or my, or my kids or something, or you listen to something or you go somewhere you know that you struggle with. God gives you convictions. You need to guard your heart. We need to make sure that we don't get near those things. That we, and they're different for all of us. And as, and as pastors and our relationship gets, our, as pastors and elders and, and members of this church, as our, as our relationship gets changes and closer and closer, those things change. The devil, remember, every seed has the ability to reproduce. So if the devil puts in one seed... You, you can't stop a seed from reproducing. It's already in it. So that's why it's so important for us to guard our heart. Okay? The next one here is the next thing we can do is once we've guarded our heart, we made sure that everything is, is great in our heart and in our life. The next thing we need to do is we need to, it says here, Proverbs 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. That's what we need to do. We as a church and as individuals and as heads of families, we need to be praying that not only do we have our heart, that God watches our heart, but we need to be, that renews our heart. Okay? I heard, I heard a pastor say something not too long ago. He says, he said this about his church. He says, I, I'm afraid that my people have had enough of Jesus that they have built up an immunity to the power of God. And I think that this is where this is and this is, and sometimes you can get over there and even think that. We have gotten to a place, that's what the devil wants to give us. It's like getting a shot. 
usually they give you a shot of what uh, they give you a uh, a shot of whatever the chicken pox. They give you three shots now to get rid of chicken pox, but they give you a little of that body in your body to drink and you have it so that your body doesn't get it. And I think that what he was saying was is that we sometimes get into a place, we come to church, we do this and we do this and we do this, that sometimes we forget the strength of God. We get so used to his power that we, that we don't think about that. And that's why when this late, it's so important for us to put out the vessels in every area of our life. Okay? So, um, I am... Uh, Going to uh, hmm? five more minutes. Okay, we have. Uh, um, well, you know we're at that place where I talk to you about. <laughs> we have. Um, I want you guys to know every single one of these places. I didn't mention one. The reason because. They're not up here. They're not in the church. The survey didn't talk about them. But the reason that, that these three are here is because of the one that's over there, the ones that are lost. That's the reason we do. The one that don't know Jesus, don't come to church, don't want to have anything to do with us. This is the reason we do all of these things. These are the reasons that, we, that, that we're here. These are the reasons this church is here. I want um, each and every one of you guys over the next couple of weeks, a way that as you guarding, another way to guard your heart is to make sure, find someone, find someone you can trust, find someone you can be accountable to. Because being accountable to someone and make sure that you renew your heart. Because sometimes it's always easier for me to be accountable like when I'm going to go on a diet or something or I'm going to do something or I promise I'm going to do something. I make a deal with God that I'm going to do it and when I don't do it, it's okay because God's the only one knows and Joseph doesn't know or my wife doesn't know. No one else knows. So I don't have to worry about it. So it's important when we, when we guard our heart that we find someone that we trust that loves us, someone that cares for us, that we find someone and we ask them to be accountable for us because we need to go to them. We need to tell them like those men did to me. This is where my problem is. When you... When you see me here, I give you permission to come into life and speak in my life. I, I don't want to be here. This is where I'm going. This is what God is going to do for me. This is what I'm preparing for. That's what we need, we need to do. We need to, the next time you see, you need to go and say, the next time you see me in this store, you tell them, I want you to throw me, well, the next time you, the next time you see my wife in Coles, you tell her, Pastor Matt said, you need to leave. Okay? We need to be accountable to someone. And we need to renew our hearts, though. It's important we renew our hearts. Because we need to make sure that it's important for us that we take that. When, when someone comes to us and says, hey, you, need, you are supposed to be here. You're not. We need to make sure that, that we are that we want to get where we want. And that's the only way to get where we want to go is to have someone who loves us. 
It not always can be a wife. It can always be someone, the same sex, the opposite sex, but there is someone that cares about you that can help you do that. And Lord, I ask you tonight, um, everyone want to bow their heads? Dear Lord, Lord, I ask you tonight, Lord, that you touch everyone in this room, Lord, that you allow them to see where they're at here, Lord, because, Lord, we know that you can only take us where we need to go and where we want to go and where you want us to go if we're honest about where we're at, Lord. So I ask you to show each and every person in this room where they're at, Lord. Lord, I also ask that you touch every person in this room, Lord. Show them that, that they don't have to go from, from 10 steps forward. They don't have to go that, Lord. That, that it's about progression, Lord. It's not about perfection, Lord. I ask you to touch them right now, Lord. Lord, I also ask right now, Lord, that you help these people. Show them the vessels in their lives that you want them to put out, Lord. As you hear my voice and they hear, I want them to hear your voice, Lord, tonight when they go home, Lord. Lord, we understand that you want to touch everything in our lives, every area, even the places that are uncomfortable tonight, Lord. And I ask that you put it on their hearts, Lord, so that they put out those vessels, Lord, in their lives, Lord. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord, that you be with each and every one of us now, Lord, as we go throughout the next week, Lord. Help us find that person, Lord. Remind us of your power, Lord. Remind us of that you can do anything, Lord. Lord, I ask that you protect us and keep us safe as our next week until Sunday, Lord. In Jesus' name.